Hey, welcome to the Happy Rant Sports Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friend, my partner in sports radio, Barnabas Piper. Pipe, it's been a while since we've done this. We are fresh off the NFC and AFC championship games from last night, and I have mixed feelings, man. Uh, which mixed feelings <laughs> I was trying to text you about last night. And yeah, I, you're, I got a little your, confused. Your text in, yeah, your text indicated... Uh, I wouldn't so, so say so much mixed feelings as uh, redundant feelings since you sent the same feelings multiple times. <laughs> yeah, I did. Sorry about that. I was doing a little copying and pasting. Since I don't have social media, I use text as, as my social media from time to time. When Savage. I have something, re- yeah, something really pressing to say. But um, yeah, I, I think Conspiracy Teddy was in, was in full swing last night. Um, I was I was seeing fixed games all over the landscape <laughs> yesterday. I think Raj was up there puppeteering puppeteering those games, but we can get into that and much more after this break. Hi everyone! If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, Piper, back. Um, I want to start with a question that I thought of in the middle of the night last night. As I, as I woke up, I was thinking about the games. I was thinking about the Super Bowl and my, like changing feelings about the Super Bowl as my life has unfolded. What what to you as you as you look at the next two weeks of media, what to you are going to be the most insufferable Super Bowl storylines that we're going to have to endure for two weeks? What oh, do you got? Man. <clears throat> I got a couple. Yeah, it this year is tough because because it, because both teams were sort of favorites. You know, they were Yeah. They might have. I mean, I think. I think before the season when we did our predictions, I think I picked the Eagles, and I think yeah. I picked the Niners. I think you did, but you know that. Yeah. You know, actually, I think I picked the Niners over the Eagles in the NFC Championship game, and then I think I either picked the Chiefs or the Bills, and so these were the teams that it was like, yeah, yeah of course, this is sort of the snapshot of what you expected, which means the narratives are going to be boring because there's not even like yeah. you know last year there was like the Joe Burrow upstart you know, next great yeah. quarterback thing. And, uh, you know, and then well, Matt and it was Stafford. the whole like, well, Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Yeah. Suffered in Detroit for 15 years. Now he gets to win a ring. It was, it was kind of nice, you know? Right. I mean, and, and they got um, old because it's two weeks of the same thing this year. I'm like, I don't know. Like how many, how many sure. more times can we, can we bow at the feet of Patrick Mahomes? Um, yeah. You know, how many, I, I think, I think the insufferable narrative is going to be Jalen hurts leader of men. If I was to guess, yeah, I, I was. I had Jalen Hurts. I had him down my list. I had Jalen Hurts silences the doubters. Uh, I, th- I think we're tired of that one. 
Um, I had analytics guys take their victory lap. Um, (laughs) There seems to be this like connection between online football nerdery and the Eagles. And those guys are definitely like popping the champagne cork this morning and feeling pretty great about themselves. Yeah. I had Kelsey brothers face off. Oh um, goodness! Yeah, as fun as that, as fun as they both are as people, that one's going to get old quick. Yeah. They're, it's just going to be a caricature of caricatures. Oh, absolutely! And Jason Kelsey is one of my favorite NFL players in any position. I, I love him. The center for Philadelphia, great player, um, fun personality. But yeah, that one's going to get so old. I think personality-wise, Travis Kelsey is sort of like Walmart Gronk to me. Um, in that he sort of scans as someone who has a personality, but you you spend a couple minutes with him and you're like, oh, there's there's nothing there. Um, this is just kind of a really loud guy. But uh, yeah, I I think my issue is I feel nothing for either team. Like I have no sort of emotional investment in this game at all. Yeah, and I'm I'm having trouble with it on that level. Where are you at on like? emotionally investing in a Super Bowl at, at your current age? Uh, I mean, my my sports emotional investment has declined dramatically in the last, you know, five to seven years, I would say. And yeah. so un- unless one of the teams that I have grown up rooting for is in it, I have minimal emotional investment. You know, it, it could be a blowout, could be a close. I, I love a close game, but that's not an emotional yeah. investment. That's a that's like watching a suspenseful movie. It's just sort of like, this is exciting. How's it going to turn out? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like the uh, like the Chiefs-Bengals game, like I did not care, but also fun finish right. in terms of closeness. Yeah. Um, yeah. Disappointing because the refs were a little overly involved. Um, yeah. I was like, how is Raj going to give this game to Kansas City? That was sort of the storyline. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. The- I, I don't buy the whole fixed game thing. But anyway, that yeah, I, I don't care at all. I yeah. I am excited yeah. because there is something to be said for these two teams are, are, are probably the two best teams. Like, I think the two right teams yeah, are there right. from a like this. Last year, the Bengals were not the best team. They they got yeah. hot. They they won those games. I think the Rams probably were uh, in the yeah. NFC. And this year, I think we got the two best teams, and that's fun. You know, like this this could be an yeah. absolute like throwing haymakers kind of football game, and we don't get a lot of those. I think yeah, the last right. one that really stands out in my mind is Bills Chiefs from mm-hmm. two years ago. I think it was, maybe it yeah. was last year when What's it was up? just like. And it was a regular season game, but they're just going back and forth. And it was like a 37, 35 game in the end, something like that. And just Allen and and Mahomes making plays all over the place. This could be one of those. Yeah. Yeah. No, it could. It definitely could. I just wish, I always wish that Chris Collinsworth was calling the game when Mahomes does it. I just enjoy (laughs) how orgasmic he gets about Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) yeah. <laughs> I would just oh, love that Patrick Mahomes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, if if you're going to listen to a bad commentator, at least make it one who's like amusingly bad. Tony Romo is just yeah. annoying at this point. Like when he came on the scene, people are like, "Oh, so insightful about the game." And now I'm just like he yeah. just likes the sound of his own voice. He thinks he's insightful and he adds nothing. Yeah. He is a complete waste of Dude, auditory right, so- space. I had yeah, I had a note on that. I wanted to ask you about it. Like, so I'm I'm kind of watching this unfold yesterday and I'm really sort of 
paying more attention to Tony Romo than I have all season. And and yes, it definitely seems like the tide of public opinion turned so abruptly on Tony Romo. Because I remember when he when he started doing color a couple of years ago, everybody's just like, oh, this Tony Romo, he's unbelievable. You know, his insights. And now everybody hates Tony Romo. They're calling for like, I wish Greg Olson was doing the game. And my question to you was going to be, can you ever remember the tide of public opinion turning on a broadcaster so quickly as it has for Tony Romo? Like NFL, NBA, any sport. Because um, I, I can't. I, I, I was trying no, to think about it. But also, there, I think there's a, I think it's a social media driven thing because Tony Romo was never a good commentator. That's the thing. What happened was there was like yeah. three or four clips that sort of went viral of him you know, reading a formation and being like, oh, look for this play coming. And then they ran that play and they're like, this guy's a genius. Right. I'm like, no, this guy has studied yeah. six clips of film and that's one that he recognized, you know, and, and that's not, I'm not questioning his football <laughs> intelligence. He was a good quarterback for quite a few years, but he was yeah. never a good commentator. And he, he over talks, you know, in the same way that Co- Collinsworth yeah. is sort of the big growly presence. And you're just like, oh, shut up. Uh-huh. Romo yeah, is, yeah, is, is sure. pushing that. Whereas like, so, yeah. so I think the tide turned because he was hyped up unnecessarily. And then, and then of course, it's a little bit like what happened with Steph Curry, you know, like he was the most beloved yeah. and then he was hated. And you're like, he didn't actually change yeah. at all. We just, we just yeah. see him differently. Yeah, that's, that's a really interesting insight. And I think, I think there's some fatigue at play. And you and I talk a lot about scarcity and we talk a lot about you have to miss something for a while in order to like it. Um, I just think we got a lot of Tony Romo real quick and there was a lot of affection, a lot of love for Tony Romo. The same thing's kind of happening. Like Mahomes is a likable guy, but I think I'm just sick of the Chiefs. Um, I don't know. I'm sick of them kind of always With being around. With the exception of Andy Reid, I will never get sick of Andy yeah. Reid. Oh no, he's great, dude, and he's so likable. He's so easy to like. But but even even my Andy Reid emotion is sort of like I don't know. Like I like D. A. Carson on paper. I agree with him about most things. But like <laughs> I'm not getting off the couch for him. You know what I mean? I'm I'm not going to like hear him speak, even if he's in my yeah. town. You know, <laughs> like um that that's sort of the yeah I, the level of affection that we're talking about here. I I would equate Andy Reid to Paul Tripp. Um. For, for a couple reasons. Similar mustaches. Yeah. yeah. Really impressive mustaches. Really likable guys. Like, never heard a negative thing yeah. about either of them. Really good at their jobs yeah. for a long time. Um, yeah. Haven't done anything that's, like, of, of great extraordinary note. Just been, just been clicking along high quality for yeah. a long time. But also, like, when Paul yeah. Tripp releases a new book, I'm not like, oh, yes, I need to get this. And when Andy Reid goes to <laughs> yeah, exactly. a, a league championship game, I'm not like, this is amazing. I'm just like, yeah, right. he's a great coach. He's been a great coach for like 25 yeah. years. What's this is he did it with yeah. Donovan McNabb. He did it with, you know, he's done it with Patrick Mahomes. He's done it with guys in between. Like he's just really good. So yeah, the, he's, he yeah. is the, he's the Paul trip of coaching. And I mean that as a great compliment to both men. Totally. Yeah. No, that's, that's a, that's the perfect comp. It really is. Um, okay. So now, do Nick Sirianni. If Nick Sirianni was like a, a speaker, an author in our tribe, who would he be? Oh, man. That's a tough one because... <clears throat> All right. So the, 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 the sort of characteristics are kind of 
upstart hired for a job out of the blue kind of uncharacteristic like he he wasn't yeah. the next guy he wasn't anointed the next guy he just Correct. got that job yeah had and seemed super enthusiastic kind of a a rah-rah guy pep talk guy yeah but also like very football-y you know he he was not yeah. polished yeah. he i remember his first press conference he sounded a little bit nuts just yeah, very much sure. in the in the weeds of this thing i'm trying to think who yeah. who would be a good hmm kind of a theological equivalent yeah i feel like maybe i feel like maybe uh patrick schreiner that's not a name that you might know but yeah who so is he? You, you know the name tom schreiner yeah biblical scholar at southern seminary so yeah. patrick schreiner's his son but he's cranked out like four books in the last year of oh man of like significant theological weight um really like a commentary a commentary on acts a lighter wow. commentary on acts a uh he did a book on the ascension he's done a bunch of this stuff and he's like he's younger than me he's probably 37 um wow and and so but also like he loves sports. He's kind of a normal dude. I grew up with him. Um, he, his older brother was one of my good friends up through middle school. And, uh, and so yeah. like, there's, he, he's just like, he's a, he's a dad, he's a husband, he's a normal guy, likes sports, those kinds of things. And so I feel mm -hmm. like he's kind of that guy where it's like, well, where, wait a minute, this guy, this guy's cranking out excellent stuff right and left. Where did he come from? Like, yeah, he's been, he's been hanging around lay, laying in the weeds. He was just, yeah. he was an assistant for a few years. He was on staff. So you didn't hear about him. But yeah, yeah, he's, he's got, and the, and he, you know, got he's, the horsepower. He's taught at a couple different, you know, couple different seminaries. He's, he was at uh, yep. he was at Western Seminary out in Portland, so he's got the cool factor. And then moved to Ooh, Midwestern, I think. And uh, I think he's yeah. at Midwestern now. And so kind of moved into the the larger theological market with a little more scrutiny, yeah. and has lived up to the hype. Like he's he's doing mm. it. So I, that would be my comp. Dude, that's a that's a good one. What's his vibe? Is he like flannels and boots, or is he like uh, bow ties and and you know khakis? What's what's the vibe there? I I'm not sure where he's at now because I think he probably had to tone it down a bit. Like in Portland, he was sort of he had the hipstery vibe, you know, sort of like the razor the yeah. razor part hair, the mustache, uh, um, Hitler Youth, yeah. Mm. No, no, like no, like the the twirly mustache. Oh, okay. Like the, the kind of old, like the old school Captain Hook looking thing um yeah that that style mustache i think he's still got sort of the same hair vibe but yeah he probably leans more like flannels and jeans that fit real well as opposed to like yeah. the, the the midwestern like jeans and jeans and blazer vibe yeah yeah dude so what's the what's the ceiling for this guy how big could he get could he get like de young level or or higher even no because he's not a pastor you know like if yeah you you have to be there's a big difference between he could be he could be D.A. Carsony, you know, okay. like yeah. that, that. So, you know, but there's a big difference between D.A. Carson and like, you know, Matt Chandler or Kevin DeYoung in terms of platform, yeah. because when you're talking to thousands of people a week, it's just a different vibe. Yeah. Whereas when you're teaching people and you're speaking at conferences and you're reading papers mm -hmm. at ETS and then you're, you know, you're just cranking out books of significant substance. Uh, it's a, yeah. it's a different, it's a different sort of thing. Totally. Yeah. The ceilings are different for those two categories of guys for sure. Dude, has there ever been an academic 
with real charisma. You know what I mean? Like somebody who could could really do it. Like somebody who they've always hung their hat on seminary professor or whatever, but they've got the juice to like do popular books that that garner a big audience. I mean, and I realize we've we've turned this into just a normal episode of the show at this point. I'll get <laughs> I'll get us back to sports. I promise. Uh, I I mean, like N.T. Wright would be that guy, oh, but he's there you go. but he's yeah. also he's also a clergyman. Like he's yeah. So he's not just he's not just yeah. an academic. No, like by definition, if you have charisma, you leave the academy because you like yeah, people, not not just yeah. holding up in a room full of leather bound volumes. Yeah, that's true. It's no, good the, word. It's a different. It's the difference between the guys who are like the lifelong offensive coordinators, and then they try to go be head coach. <laughs> like, yeah. For, so the, the the transition you're talking about is what Bill Belichick had to figure out how to do. So you just crushed yeah, it as a coordinator right. for like a decade and a half, and yeah. then tried to be a head coach in in mm-hmm. in Cleveland. It did not go well. Went back to being yeah. a coordinator. Did go well. Then was was hired as head coach. Um, when Parcells left New England and he figured it out that, but, but he never figured it out with charisma. He, he figured it out to like how to make up for his weaknesses. And so that's the transition. It's the coordinator to head coach transition, academic to pastor. And, uh, and, and most guys can't do it. Yeah. Very few can. I mean, it's, it's rarefied territory for sure. Speaking of rarefied territory, I want to pivot the conversation back to sports. Um, and speaking of magnificent white guys, Christian McCaffrey, um, I'm watching this guy yesterday and I realized, I realized their team lost, but he had that incredible run in the second quarter where he just ran through some dudes and I'm looking at this guy and I'm getting the same vibes that I got from Gordon Hayward circa like five or six years ago, which was if this guy was around 2000 years ago, he would be the king of the world. Like, people would be worshiping this person. Um, in terms of looks, money, athletic ability, is Christian McCaffrey the most magnificent white guy in the world at this point? And who else is well, in the conversation? Maybe the most magnificent white guy in sports. But, like, yeah. the rest of the world is run by white dudes. So I think, like, I think we just need to keep it in sports. Um, yeah. You know, because, like, there are, you know... The, there are actors, there are athletes, there are whatever. Like that's a that's right. a whole different it's a whole different grading yeah. scale. What makes him stand out is that generally speaking, uh black guys are better athletes and cooler in the realm of sports than white guys. Um right. and it's and so rare that we get like a cool white guy. You know, you know and so and somehow <laughs> he's somebody's gonna somebody's gonna be so mad and so triggered by this conversation but you know whatever really um yes people you know oh. anytime you bring up race people just assume you're being you know insensitive when in reality we're, yeah, we're just no. sort of laughing <laughs> at white people's inadequacy in sports really um totally we we are the butt of our own joke in this right in this segment but um like truly so, there's so, yeah yeah i'm trying to think of like, like do, so do quarterbacks what, count for this no they don't because they're like yeah, golfers. I agree. I don't even know if they're right. great athletes. They're just great at a very particular set of skills. Also, I think I think Brady's aged out of it. Yeah. I think Brady has like plastic surgeryed himself out of it and aged out of it. I, and, I don't think and he's just proven he, himself. He's proven himself to be like a clinger. You know, he had he yeah. retired after that Super Bowl, he would have held this crown 
forever. You know, just like yeah, it would. In fact, it would have been named after him. It would have been like the Brady Award for coolest white dude in sports. Um, and yeah. instead, it's like nah, he 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 faded. That's not what he wanted. It's not what he should have done. Yeah, and Gordon yeah. Hayward has kind of faded too. So, well, and the thing about Hayward was he was always more like uh, your your little niche crush because he played for the Utah Jazz and then he moved to Charlotte. So <laughs> not awesome, Marcus. Yeah. Also, he yeah. was never even close to like a top 25 player in the league. He was a really good yeah. player, but not that good. That's right. Yeah, I always had stars in my eyes vis-a-vis Gordon Hayward, I think, because he played collegiately in Indiana. And there, there was a, it was a perfect storm for me and, and, and Gordo. Um, I, I mean, right. and whereas, whereas like McCaffrey has a legitimate case for best running back in the league you know it's you know who is it yeah. it's, it's him it's uh derrick henry he seems to be maybe declining maybe nick chubb mm-hmm. uh you yeah. know last year you might have said jonathan taylor like it's kind of there's a there's a mix of like six or seven guys you're like this you know saquon barkley mccaffrey's as good or better than any of those guys at football and that's yeah just numerically if you just removed all all everything else, you just put them on paper next to each other. You'd be like, "That guy is exceptional at all parts of the Dude, game." Dude, I was trying to, I was trying to come up with a comp for Christian McCaffrey, and I landed on Walter Payton, who's my favorite, probably human being of all time. Like my favorite athlete, any sport. You know, my first sports idol as a kid. He plays like Walter Payton. Like he could be physical. He could run through people. He can run around people. He can catch. Uh, I felt like yesterday, as their quarterbacks were all dying, like Brock Purdy. <laughs> Quite literally, yeah. Jo- Josh Johnson, who's played for 17 teams, comes in, and he can't get the play call. It's like, just call a play. Like, you, you've been in NFL quarterback rooms for the last 15 years. Can't you get him into a play, Josh Johnson? Uh, at that point, I was just like, why aren't they letting McCaffrey play quarterback? Like, just pull a Walter <laughs> Payton, let him play quarterback, Run the single did wing. for like a player or two, right? I think so. They, they, they sort of wildcatted it. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, like, just in terms of sheer football production, I probably would have picked like Ladanian Tomlinson. You know, just there you go. Yeah, now Tomlinson, that's a good one. Now I'd say if McCaffrey stayed in Carolina, his his career path and Tomlinson's would have been really similar. Kind of offbeat markets, amazing player, productive in all parts of the game possibly underappreciated moving to san francisco um is gonna is gonna change the trajectory for how uh aware people are of how good he is also that system uh it you know so long as um shanahan remains coach is gonna put him in a position to put up monster numbers and possibly stay healthier because he'll be able to do it on like 16 carries a game instead of 25 absolutely no he's he's in the right place so speaking of the niners Let's talk about quarterback movement this offseason. It's going to be a fascinating few months of run-up to the draft in the sense that kind of all the quarterbacks circa a couple of years ago in the draft, so I'm thinking of Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson. These guys could all be on the trade block, and I can't remember that ever happening with one draft class. Uh, it's wild to me that due to a mixture of circumstance, injuries, not playing well, teams just getting sick of guys way faster now than they used to, those guys could all be on the move. Slash, they could be done. Like, 
I don't know if Zach Wilson ever starts a game in the NFL again. You know, like yeah, he, I think he he's, sort of a... Jam- he's sort of Jamarcus Russell-y. Like he just he came yes. in, he yeah. he has huge you know huge physical ability and no ability mm-hmm. to actually play quarterback. Apparently, yeah, that's a that's a wild one, dude. And I and yet I could see some quarterback whisper guru type sort of um, w- wanting to to add the Zach Wilson pelt to his wall of like quarterback careers I've resurrected. I, I he'll get one more shot, you know, hopefully in the right situation. But of all those guys that I just mentioned, like what's the most intriguing like movement scenario to you? Uh, Trey Lance is the most interesting to me. Cause I don't think Mac Jones is yeah. going anywhere. They just, they hired yeah. Bill O'Brien as offensive coordinator, which you know, they should have just done last year, like having this two headed yeah. coordinator in New England, uh, both of whom have proven themselves to be awful NFL coaches like Matt Patricia and Joe Judge right. stink. They're terrible coaches. They've proven it yeah. four different times. OK, let's let yeah. them share this job. OK, that was bound yeah. to fail. So and Mac Jones showed something his rookie year like he showed he he is an NFL quarterback. I don't know how good he is, but he's he's a real quarterback. Yeah. So, yeah, I think he stays there, especially because, like, you don't, you don't, if there's a rookie, there's a quarterback on a rookie deal with promise, run with that guy because that means you can put money elsewhere. Yeah. Um, no, I you're think, right. I think the Jets are probably going to try to go after a bigger named veteran quarterback. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they try really hard to get Aaron Rodgers, something like that. Yeah. Um, Dude, that'd be wild. Rodgers in New York. Like, yeah, I, just, I weirdly think he's up to it media market wise. He's a guy who enjoys the he enjoys sort of the cat and mouse game with the media. Um, he like thinks of himself as a super smart guy. Um, <laughs> That's a good way to put it. I don't know. Aaron Aaron Rodgers just thinks Aaron Rodgers is fascinating, and I, and I think I, I would love just the the sort of television of him in the new york media market for a year i think it would be fascinating and i really want to see it um it'll be totally different than Favre going to new york in that Favre was like the good old boy in the city kind of vibes which was its own kind of fun but this will be like aaron Rodgers sort of comes across as like the bj novak character in the movie vengeance if you've seen that like i have he thinks of himself as it it as a certain kind of East Coast elite. And um, I don't know. I, I just think it'd be a blast for him to end up there. I think it'd be probably disastrous from a football standpoint, but but kind of a blast to, to watch. Um, the Trey Lance thing is fascinating because, you know, they people forget the draft capital that they burned to move up to get Trey Lance. Yeah, um, a ton. And yet, Brock, yeah, Brock Purdy played really well. Brock Purdy is sort of the platonic ideal of the Shanahan quarterback in that Shanahan loves the flex of taking a nobody and really making him work in the system. And Brock Purdy is emblematic of that type of person. And yet you've got Trey Lance sort of moldering on the bench with all these elite physical tools. I don't know. What do you do with him? Do you sell him for like below market value just to get something out of it? Or do you kind of well, yeah, cause, double down cause quarter, on, on quarterbacks? Lance? Yeah. Quarterbacks on rookie contracts are like cars. You know, they're brand new. They're shiny. You drive them off the lot and 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 their their value immediately decreases. 
because yeah. they have they have a five year window in which they are they are of a financial value, but they still have to produce. And so a non productive yeah. quarterback on a rookie deal is like the only value he has is that he's not taking up too much of the cap. Other than that, he's holding yeah. on the most important position and doing so badly. Read Zach Wilson. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So like Lance is is going into year three. Is that right? Or is yeah. this going to be year four? I've lost track. I think year three. This is year three. Yeah. yeah. So he it, and he has played three games or something like that. Right. You know, he's he's right. thrown like thirty five NFL passes. Right. We still don't know if he's any good. So yeah. the only thing to do with, I mean, <clears throat> they could keep him as sort of their yeah. their backup, their second quarterback. But if they're going to commit to Purdy, that seems like a bad idea. Uh, because they yeah. could recoup some value, you know, they could, they could probably trade Lance for like, uh, probably not a first round pick, although maybe it kind of depends, yeah. um, p- probably more like a second and a third or something like that. And, yeah. but then the question is who wants him, you know? Yeah. That's, who, who, that's the thing. I, I don't think, I don't think there are a ton of teams out there going, we got, we got to have Trey Lance, you know? I mean, if um, I was, if I was Tampa, I would let Tom yeah. walk and consider trading for somebody like Lance, but like Tampa probably needs to do a full rebuild because they put so much into veterans to support Brady. Right. You know, he, if he, what about yeah. Houston, if they don't, if they don't go quarterback first round and they just try to restock the shelves and then they trade for Lance, something like that. But that's boy, that's risky. Um, yeah. And I think Houston has a bunch of second round picks, you know, they could, they could deal one of those yeah. for Trey Lance, but yeah, to your point, it's very risky. And even just the optics of it are risky, right? Like, although I don't know, I, I think you could sell the fan base and the media on like, Hey, we're going value. We're going to use those two first round picks on like super elite guys at their positions. Houston has enough holes that they need to fill on the roster. I mean, they could grab, you know, they could grab a, an elite edge guy and then, or, you know, one of the elite interior guys from Georgia and then, and then grab Peter Skaronsky with their middle of the first round yeah. pick, you know, fix the problems at tackle. Um, you know, they, they could do a lot of good for their roster and then, yeah, flip a second round pick for Trey Lance or Justin Fields or whoever intrigues them on the like slightly older side of the quarterback market. Um, when, I mean, yeah, if I was Houston, I would consider that as well. Cause like, if it doesn't work out with Lance, well then you're, you're back in the, t- if you have a bad quarterback, you're going to be in the top five of the draft and you can get a quarterback in a future draft. And this year's quarterback yeah. class is only okay. Like it's not none yeah, of the guys, they're all sort of, they're all sort of beauty in the eye of the beholder guys instead of yep. generate like, like when, um, when Trevor Lawrence Slam came out, he, guys. Yeah. he was the last sort of generational, like, oh, this is. This is a franchise-changing quarterback. All the other guys since are like, man, they might be yeah. all right. We'll see. We'll see how it works out. Yeah, it could be, it could be okay in the right system type, guys. I've got a sneaky trade suitor for Trey Lance, and it's Miami. I mean, if they – and only they know, like, how – Because they, kind of, they love injured quarterbacks in Miami. Is that where you're going with <laughs> Well, they love injured quarterbacks, but also, like, Tua might be – you know, he might get a concussion and a stiff breeze at this point. And if he's yeah. one more sort of bad hit away from retirement, then I don't think they want to move forward with Skyler Thompson. Uh, I, I won't make the joke that I made to you via text while watching Skyler Thompson play. Um, 
about his name because I don't like doing yes. name stuff because I have a weird name that I got made fun of for 15 years straight in public See, school. See, that's funny. But, I take the opposite. Uh, like, I'm like, I got a weird name. That gives me a right to make fun of anybody's name because like what? <laughs> I mean, I've heard I have the weirdest yeah. name here, so I get to say whatever I want. Um, I'll, yeah, I'll I, say the joke then. Skylar Thompson sounds like a Kai Omega who has to like hurry up and get the game over with to get back for big little reveal. Um, <laughs> they, yes. they got some laughs via text. It was funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I see. I don't see Miami doing that because like it a because they're bringing in a guy who is um, it, it kind of depends on how McDaniel is it Mike McDaniel. That's their coach's name. I, all these yeah. all these names yeah, run yeah. together in my mind. Um, I get Mike they McDaniel, do. Mike McCarthy, and all these guys mixed up. But uh, it kind of depends on how he feels about Lance. But another another injury-prone quarterback, when they've invested that much in wide receivers, I would be yeah. – I think it's more likely they try to get Brady, which would be funny because that's yeah. why they don't have a first-round pick this year because they tried to get Brady last year. Um, exactly. Or they go, or they get like Jimmy G because he's a, there's another San Fran yeah. quarterback – who I think he's just going to be a yeah. free agent. Um, right. You know, or like, do they throw all the money at Lamar Jackson? If he's not, uh, if he's not uh, franchised, that would be an interesting move. Yeah, dude. But I, the Lamar I, thing is wild. I would put my money on Jimmy G or Tom Brady being the starting quarterback in Miami next year. If you, if you force me to make a bet. Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, that's good because they, they need somebody. They need a polished passer yeah. to unlock. All, all that receiving talent that they have. And Trey Lance, like, not being able to hit the broad side of a barn is is the wrong guy for, for that, when, you know, setting. Maybe he's a good quarterback. Like, maybe that happens. But we, we have basically seen one preseason's game, one preseason game's worth of play out of him in terms of actual passing. So we have nothing to go on. Jimmy G is a better version of Tua. So the things yeah. that Tua does well are the same things that Jimmy G does well for the most part, except Jimmy G's just better and more polished at it. And Jimmy G has shown that when he's in an offense with explosive playmakers like Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill, he can he yeah. can cut him loose to make some plays. He doesn't he's not gonna win you a bunch of games, but he knows how to play. So I I think that's a move. I think I I hope they don't go after I hope nobody goes after Brady. Or that Brady ends yeah. up in Vegas and they win four games again and he just disappears. That Vegas, Dude, where would, be, you Vegas would be where I think he's the lot more likely to end up. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense for a lot of different reasons. Where where are you at on like the Brady sadness continuum? Like, because you're you're right. Like after they won that Super Bowl, there was a moment where you're like, oh my gosh, Tom Brady did it again. He's the king of the world. Yeah. Look at him. You know, like he's got he's got the supermodel wife. He's got the like passel of you know, unspeakably attractive kids. He's got all the money in the world. And now a couple of years later, there's a, there's a real, just from a storytelling standpoint, from like a character standpoint, there's a real undercurrent of sadness in Brady that we haven't really seen. Like even, okay. So even when Favre was kind of doing his tour of retirement, unretirement and kind of hitting Minnesota and then, and then New York and, you know, there were all the Favre rumors. It didn't feel sad. It was more just like, huh, this guy loves ball. He can't give it up. You know, the old gunslinger. It was kind of old gunslinger vibes. But with Brady, there's a, to me, a, an undercurrent of sadness. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's 
I think a lot of that, again, has to do with era in the sense that, like, Mm -hmm. we know that a big reason Tom Brady got divorced was because he would not give up football. Now, I'm 100% sure that's not the only reason because there's never been a divorce in history that's that simple. Um, Yeah, that's right. But we didn't know personal stuff about Favre. Like we don't, yeah. we didn't know. We we also weren't thinking in terms of addictive personality. We weren't thinking. Like, we knew that he had at one point a uh, a painkiller addiction, and we knew at some point he right. sent uh, dirty pictures to a sideline reporter. And uh, right. and even that stuff in the era was like we. It was way before we were thinking in terms of sexual harassment with the clarity that sure. we are now. So it was more, more just like ah, dirty old man kind of response at yeah. the time. And uh, yeah. so just. I, I mean, I imagine we would have been way more disgusted and distraught at Favre if he was doing the same thing today. But yeah, I think yeah. I want Brady to disappear because I'm tired of him as a football player uh, yeah. be, because he's tarnished his football legacy and because like the guy is the guy's just a few years older than me. He's he's right around yeah. your age and he's yeah. making a wreck out of his life. For stupid reasons, mm-hmm. he has he he doesn't need more money. He has nothing left to yeah. prove. He is the greatest quarterback in NFL history, and yep. and he can't quit. And it's you know it's like watching a forty six year old George Foreman step back into the ring. You are like, don't do it. Like why why yeah. are you like, you're gonna you're gonna kill yourself? That's kind of yeah. it, it, it feels almost like a uh, a desperation on his behalf at this point. Like somebody save him from himself. Yeah, it's it's kind of taken a weird left turn into like Shakespearean tragedy at this point with the divorce and with just the the absurdist quality of the whole thing and even just with like the risky run of people getting sick of you. So I've got I've got a are you sick of them or not question that's going to be a blistering hot take and maybe lose us listeners and we'll get to that right after this break. All right, Pipe, here's my take. I want to hear you on it. Um, Manning family, sick of them. Oh, so sick. Like, sick of them for years now. Sick of them. The gambling commercials, like, how much money do you need? Like, you got to do a BetMGM commercial or whatever gambling thing that they're shilling for. Um, The Monday Night Football thing. Like, I'm sick of it. Just go away for a couple years. Like, let people miss you. Yeah, and the thing that the thing that I so this is a this is just one of those oh I live in a different mental space than a lot of people so um, I was I was speaking to a group of people a few weeks ago and um, they asked you know we, we were you know got in there on an evening watched Monday Night Football was on and the next day they were like hey did you like did you watch the Manning cast I'm like I never watched the Manning cast I never want to hear the Mannings yeah. talk like I don't I have zero <laughs> yeah. interest. I was like, when, when yeah. if, if they just broke down football plays, I could watch them the way yeah. I watch Dan Orlovsky on ESPN. You know, with right. like he's got the big screen and he's like, this blitz is coming from here and here's the coverage and here's the read. That stuff is nerdy delight to me. Uh, and if Peyton Manning yeah, or Eli Manning was doing that, great. Cooper Manning, sorry, you don't get to play because you didn't. And yeah. uh, but but watching them like yuck it up and be pseudo comedians, I don't I could yeah. not be more bored with it. Yeah, so it's, it's a again like an absurdist kind of NFL scenario to have played out, and I, I just think 
and I, I get it. People do what they enjoy. Like we do podcasts. We've been doing them for years. We we enjoy it. We get some some ha ha's out of it. True. Every, everything I like, just said about how annoying they are could apply to us on this podcast. I know, dude. Yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. I do three podcasts. You know, I'm talking into a microphone every week. People are probably sick of this, but um, but yeah, there there's a level at which you know, even going all the way back to Archie Manning and kind of that family just being football royalty and being platformed and spotlighted for just decades on end and the unspeakable success and the money that they've garnered. Like there's a sort of Shakespearean like greed to the turn that it's taken. Like yes. how, how thirsty do you need to stay for stuff like this? And and they're, they're, I think again, and I'm thinking of all this in terms of like novels and characters and stories like the the dignified move if i'm writing this character would be like disappear into the sunset with all your money and then reemerge 5 years later as a part of like an ownership group to buy i don't know the carolina panthers or whatever and or maybe maybe manning buys the tennessee titans and you know rebrands and changes of the uniform finally and um i don't i don't know there are all kinds of scenarios but like doing corny ads for like bet mgm it's, it's not i didn't have that on my manning family bingo card and it just hits at a weird level yeah and i'm gonna sound like a really like i'm gonna sound like my dad talking to me when i was 18 um uh-huh. but where's the dignity you know yeah, what that's it they, there is a there's a total they it ju- they're just shills at this point yeah and now the if the manning cast was all they did i would be like that I'm not my cup of tea, but like it, it doesn't feel yeah. like shilling. It just feels like a, a goofy way to, a, you know, kind of a silly, fun way to uh, to broadcast sports. OK, yeah. But yeah, the commercials, the hosting of Saturday Night Live, which they haven't done in a while. But like that's been a thing. Mm-hmm. The Eli trying to match Peyton when it comes to personality, which he doesn't yeah. all of it. I'm like, right. man, just yeah, if they if they went away. And then came back with an ownership group and bought the Texans or bought the Titans or whatever. Right. All of a sudden they 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 could be they could be like a sports power family in sp- instead of a sports like obnoxious family. Yeah, no, it 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 would be fascinating. And like them buying the Titans is the scenario that like that would that would be the most interesting again if I'm writing the novel of this. Like that's the scenario because, as you know, uh, as a resident of Tennessee, and as I now know, um, Peyton Manning is most people's de facto pastor in this state. Like many Tennesseans go to like I don't know some vapid megachurch, but like in their hearts and minds, like Peyton Manning is their pastor. And if he were to like come down from heaven in a flaming chariot and like rescue the Tennessee Titans, it would be I don't know pe- people would have heart attacks in uh in the state of tennessee oh, it would be yeah something. just but yeah the, the titans would matter for the first time since steve mcnair that's for sure it, yeah and he could give them just you know uh ut uniforms with just a different color maybe bring back the powder blue but like the big you know the big t on the helmet the big thick stripe on the pants and just yeah. just double down on, on that and uh people would lose their minds it'd be amazing can um, can we be, before we move on? Uh, can we make yeah. can we make predictions on what quarterbacks end up where? Um, yeah, let's to, do it. Uh, you know, get just so so. Here are the ones that I'm thinking of. So 
we we know David Carr is going to be in a new place. Tom Brady likely to be in a new yep. place. Uh, Trey Lance, yep. Jimmy Garoppolo, Aaron Rodgers, uh, and then any of yeah. the you know that that sort of Zach Wilson crew as well. But just predictions on who ends up where. Yeah, no, I like it. Let's do it. Um, you just want to run I through by Zach quarterback Wilson, and, and say where we land, where they land. Yeah, let's do it. And if okay. I forget any of them, like bring them, bring them back to mind. Let's do Zach Wilson first. Um, I think somebody deals like a sixth or seventh round pick for him, and he will end up uh, someplace dumb. I'm gonna say. <laughs> gonna say washington you know Oof, he'll yeah he'll, yeah he'll kind of stay there on the eastern seaboard washington's gonna take a flyer is riverboat ron still the coach there like he is he been fired and, well he fired his offensive coordinator because uh that was yeah. i think that's his last ditch move to keep his job which is funny because i think scott turner's actually an okay offensive like if you score points with taylor heineke as your quarterback you deserve a raise and to keep your job so um yeah anyway. i could also see like zach wilson I can see him going someplace like Dallas as a backup. You know what I mean? Like Jerry Jones trades for him. It's kind of a big story. It's a big splash. He's going to be Dak's backup. You know, he's got tools. Yeah, kind I, of the, kind kind of the like Mitch that. Trubisky route where like he goes and becomes yeah, a backup the and then Mike model, like, trips and falls into the starting job and everybody realizes he still stinks. 100%. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's kind of the story arc that I'm going with for Zach Wilson. What do you, what do you have for him? Anything um, different? Or? Oof, I think... That's a good question. I I think he probably stays in New York another year, but not as the starter. I think they probably go find there's a veteran quarterback and he sits behind that guy and he is he is uh he either replaces that guy down the road if he shows any signs of life or ends up getting dealt for even less further down the road. So I'm I'm gonna pick that he stays yeah. in New York as a second stringer. There you go. Yeah, that's a that's solid and probably the most realistic. Let's do Let's do Derek Carr. Where's Derek Carr going? I got, I got some D- ideas. Derek or David? Hear... I always get those two mixed up. Derek's the current quarterback, right? Derek's the current okay. quarterback. Yeah, David yeah. was the sacrificial lamb of the Houston Texans in the <laughs> yes, early 2000s. The, the punching bag <laughs> who was broken. Yeah. He's still getting sacked wherever he is. He's, yeah. he's taking pressure. Um, yeah, Derek Carr, where's he end up? I, I think Carr ends up as the Jets' starting quarterback. Because they try to get Rodgers, a deal doesn't come together. They realize Rodgers is absolutely insane. He's, you know, whatever. Yeah. For whatever reason, that doesn't come yeah. together. And and he's he only costs money. Like, I, I don't think they have to trade yeah. for him. I think he's a free agent. So I think I think Carr ends up in New York as the sort of like, yeah. and, he, and he maintains his Kirk Cousins-y level of like, he's too good to just get right. rid of, but he's not good yeah. enough to be happy with. Yeah, that's right. Um, like, hey, New York, we're gonna go ten and seven or and seven and ten. He will be the best quarterback for the Jets since. Uh huh. I help me out here. Like, did Boomer Esiason end his career with the Jets or something? Like, what are we? Yeah, no, that's a good. That's a good get. I Boomer Esiason ended his career. Ken O'Brien. I mean, honestly, they do. Derek they, Carr is Ken O'Brien. Like, he's a a good NFL quarterback who will never get you to the next level. Like, he's Ken O'Brien. The Jets have had this, man. And it, and it's more sort of quarterback purgatory for the Jets. And, like, the New York media market will hate him because he is Ken O'Brien. <laughs> Ken O'Brien played at a small college in California. Derek Carr kind of did, too. 
man, the the comparisons are are massive. I I almost don't want to see it because, by all accounts, Derek Carr is like a really good dude, and he'll just get crucified in that market. I don't want to see it, so I'm I'm gonna say he's gonna go to the Rams. Huh. I think Stafford is gonna retire. Wow. I think Sean McVay's staying and not doing the burnout thing quite yet. Like I think he's going to the Rams, and I think Stafford's finally gonna be like. Hey everybody, my body is actually, you know, held together with twine at this point yeah. due to the savage beatings I took in Detroit for 15 years. He's going to walk off into the sunset with his ring. The Rams will need a quarterback. Um McVeigh seems to like that kind of guy, that kind of narrative. I could see it. I don't think I- it's crazy. I have a second choice for Carr. So the Jets feels like a little bit of a stretch, yeah. but like it seems inevitable for the Jets. It does not seem, for all the reasons you just said, not does not seem like the best choice for him. Carolina is yeah. the best choice for him. Oh, so, fascinating. Because Carolina doesn't know. have any quarterbacks. Yeah. You know, they have 11, 11 yeah. nobodies, which just means nobody. And they just hired Frank Reich, who is a a good offensive coach who who likes yeah. reliability. And I think uh, I think yeah. Carr is sort of essence of reliability. They also have some decent weapons, yeah. you know, solid offensive line, decent running game, uh, pretty good weapons yeah. on the outside. So I could see him going there and, you know, being a solid like eight to ten win guy for like three years with that team. Yeah, no, that's a good call. And it would be a good media market fit like that. That just makes sense for a lot of reasons. I, th- I think the fan base would be legitimately excited to get Derek Carr. And honestly, like I'm bullish on Carolina. I like their roster. Um, I like their team a lot. That could that could be sneaky good. Um, all right, who's next? Who are we doing next, Pipe? Uh, let's do Tom Brady. Ooh, Tom Brady. Man, to your point earlier, this one's depressing. I'm just going Las Vegas. Like, I love the city of Las Vegas. I enjoy going there, but it's it's also kind of a depressing place. And like over the hill, sad divorce, Tom Brady being in Vegas, probably living in a suite at the Venetian. I, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm going Vegas. Yeah. It, it makes perfect sense to me because this is what artists do when they can no longer tour and fill up stadiums. They, they <laughs> Dude, don't get so a residency right. in Vegas. Um, I'm so jealous that you had that take. That's perfect. So yeah, the Tom Brady residency in Vegas will be right. That'll be like him and Celine Dion hanging out, right? Like live at the Mirage. Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's good. Um, <laughs> that's really good. Let's do I, Justin I, Fields. Yeah, okay. Do you oh, think, I think he, I, Do you think he moves or stays? I think he stays. Um, I think yeah. he stays because I think. I think what they learned this year is that you can run an explosive offense with him. I don't know how many years you can run an explosive offense with him, but he's he can do some stuff that other quarterbacks can't do. He developed yeah. as a passer, not into a great passer, but into a like can make some plays. So what they need to do is go find some offensive linemen and some weapons because he doesn't yeah. have anybody to throw to. If they had if they had a couple decent wide receivers or a tight end, they can they could scare some people, not be great, but they could they could be threatening. And he's still on that rookie deal. So unless you can absolutely upgrade, I don't see a reason to move on from him. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think they trade out of that number one slot. They pick up Skaronsky and a wide receiver, and they, they go into the season in much better shape. And I, I think they keep Fields because of how well the Jalen Hurts thing has gone. I think they yeah. look at Jalen Hurts as like paradigmatic of what Justin Fields could be and what running an offense through or running quarterback can look like. But to your point, they have to have weapons. And Philly, like doubled and tripled down on getting weapons and um, and has the best so offensive kind of line in the league which is you know yeah philly's offensive line is fun to watch which you don't say about many off well you might say it about offensive lines most people don't um yeah no and yeah they I, are yeah i would also like to take this moment to and i may have done this previously but to say uh i apologize to jalen hurts and to all of the eagles fans. well no not, not the eagles fans i don't care about you people uh just to jalen hurts for my, he's a quarterback who throws take at the beginning of this season. Um, yeah. He's a quarterback. He is he's a really yeah. good quarterback. And is he a system quarterback? <laughs> sure, but so is everybody else. Like every quarterback thrives in the yeah. right system. Yeah. And he is he has owned that system and has you know he has yeah. two great wide receivers and a good tight end and he uses them. So yeah, I was wrong. Jalen yep. Hurts, really good quarterback. Uh, well done yeah. and uh, mea culpa. Yep. Yep. I agree. I uh, I second that emotion. Um, I think right. Trey, Trey Lance Rogers. and Jimmy G are sort of the last two. Oh, yeah. Rodgers, we kind of did. Yeah. I have him going to New York. Um, I, I, yeah, tr- I think Rodgers actually stays in Green Bay. I think New York tries to get him and it doesn't work out. But I think yeah. Rodgers, I think Rodgers stays in Green Bay. Yeah, no, that that's probably again, that's probably the more realistic take for sure. Uh, all right, Trey Lance and Jimmy G. Let's let's do these two. Let's do Jimmy G first. Where do you have him going, Pipe? Uh, Miami would be my first choice. Uh, reunite yeah. with a, with a, his former offensive coordinator. Steadier hand than yeah, Tua. Same system, same language. Be- yeah. Better, you know, be- really good wide receivers. Um, so that would oh be my, my first choice. Yeah. He he would be a good option for Carolina if. Um, mm-hmm. If Carr doesn't land there. Yeah. No, I agree with those. I like those a lot. Let's end with Trey Lance. Kind of the wild card here. Um, and we're, we're forgetting a couple of franchises that still need quarterbacks. Uh, Seattle needs a quarterback, unless you're happy with Geno Smith. Um, I, I don't think you are if you're Seattle. I mean, honestly... Denver needs a quarterback. We're we're gonna hear all the rejuvenated Russell Wilson chatter over the offseason, like, oh, he lost 12 pounds, he's gone vegan, he's doing this, he's doing that. Uh, I don't buy it. He stinks. Um, Denver needs a quarterback, Seattle needs a quarterback. I think one of those two teams is gonna try and buy low on Trey Lance. Um Who's it going to be? Who's the head coach in Denver? Have they named somebody? No, because they just had a secret meeting with Jim Harbaugh this week that it was ended up not being that's secret. Right. So no, they're yeah, that's right. They had, I, I mean, I can't see him going to Denver because they just traded all of their yeah. all of their picks for yeah. They got I, no draft capital. The, the version of the, the quarterback they want him to turn into. Yes, that's right. That's right. Oh. <clears throat> Dude, talk about tragedy, Denver. Um, it's <laughs> Only a for the fans, situation. the rest of us kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, totally. Um, 
Yeah, man, Trey Lance. You know what? I'll say Seattle. He stays on the West Coast. Pete Carroll, the eternally young Pete Carroll, gets to like, you know, raise up uh, a toolsy quarterback and kind of make him into the second coming of Russell Wilson. Uh, He'll have him handing the ball off 42 times a game and scrambling. I'm going Seattle. See, I, I, that while that makes a lot of sense, I don't see Seattle doing that because Geno played really well this year. They they were they were more competitive than anticipated, and they're still in sort of like they're not ready to be a real contender. So they have some other needs, yeah. but so I think I think they re-signed Geno to the kind of contract that is um, like he could start for the next couple of years, or if they found the guy, he can be the sort of stopgap starter mentor type guy. Um, so I think they keep Geno. Yeah. And and so I don't think yeah. Lance goes there. I don't think Denver trades for a quarterback. I think they have to they have uh-huh. to try with Russell Wilson one more year, and uh, yeah. which is not going to go well. I don't think, but I think that's that's what's going to happen. I think Lance ends up with a team that currently has a quarterback that is mildly like they want something better, but yeah, but they're not they're not they don't have high enough draft position to go get. Um, you know, Stroud or or Young or whoever. So I, somebody brought up to me, there's there's sort of talk around Minnesota. Of like, what about Minnesota trading? I was for just going to go there, dude. I was and, just going to go there. And I, when I heard that, I immediately was like, ooh, ooh, I, yeah. I'm intrigued. So that gets the blood flowing a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And absolutely. Like, we know exactly what Cousins is at this point. And in some sense, I hate him less than I used to because. I look around at yeah. the league at the all the other quarterbacks and I'm like it could be a lot worse. Like it could be way yeah. way worse than this. However, yeah. we will never be better than this. So, correct. Yeah, if if we gave up something, you know, a couple future seconds or whatever to go get Trey Lance, I I would uh yeah. I would be excited about that. So I I don't think I would bet on this in Vegas, but I'm going to predict it from my heart that Trey Lance is yeah. is a Viking. Uh, next year. Ooh, dude, that would be fascinating. And Kirk would kind of throw a fit. Uh, I, again, I like it for the TV. I like it. I like it for the drama. Um, your entire fan base would then be rooting for like, I don't know, Kirk to like break his clavicle in the preseason or whatever. Uh, why? Well, yeah, I think, it's, I think they would just, they, they would just, uh, it would be one of those situations where like, I think Kirk is on the books for next year. So they would, they would, uh, yeah. they would just ride out his salary and like, yeah. If he gets hurt, which granted he's a really durable quarterback, that's one of the things he's very good at. Um, yeah. They they ride it out, and Lance has a year of development, or like after the bye, they make the switch, and like Kirk is just grumpy, and they just tell him to go home, kind of like uh, the Raiders did with Carr this year, where they're like, "Nah, I want yeah. you to just not come to the office anymore." But you know that that would be. I have no idea if Lance is good, but I would really like to find out with him in purple. Let's put it that way. Yeah, no, I would too. Dude, I would too. Like young head coach, young offensive-minded head coach who used to be a quarterback coach. I love that, actually. Um, it would make the NFC North really interesting. It would it would start the end of, you know, the, the, the sort of end-of-life narrative for Cousins, which I've been waiting for for a decade. Um, yeah, there's so much to like about that. I kind of want to end on that note, Pipe. Um, anything else you, you want to say that we didn't get to for either from the list or off the list? 
Um, we can do the jersey numbers thing, dude. Dude, let's save that. That's, that, that that's an evergreen, yeah. and it's not going away. Uh, but yes, yeah. we definitely need to talk about NFL numbers that just simply don't work at some point. No, I think we should just end with a a quick Super Bowl prediction, um, since yeah. it's a game we're both so excited about. <laughs> yeah. Dude, quick, quick note on that. So KK and I have started doing kind of college ministry at our church, and... I, I know this will offend no one because none of these kids listen to this because like the kind of college kid that our church pulls is sort of, uh, I don't know, super nerdy and kind of Amish for lack of a better term. And like, so we're having a Super Bowl party at our house and this is the perfect scenario because I'm going to, I'm going to have a house full of like really kind hearted little dorks who don't know anything about football because I feel nothing for the game, I won't have to pay attention to it. Uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of working out perfectly for me in that regard. Uh, if this was I, a game I, I really wanted to watch. Will I'd you be, have them sign a fun. waiver not to be uh, scandalized by Rihanna's halftime show? Yeah, I'm just going to I'm gonna shepherd them all out of the room. Like, they can... They can huddle up in my office. We'll we'll treat it like a bomb shelter until the halftime's over, and then they can trickle back out to the Dude, living quick, room. Dude, quick quick story. When I was in college, yeah. I was uh-huh. at a I was at a Super Bowl uh, party with with friends from college ministry, and we were you know it was pretty pretty conservative church, not quite as Amish as you're describing, but quite conservative. Yeah. And it was at one of the elders' houses, and this was one of the elders who was like. He he was offended we were having a Super Bowl party instead of going to Sunday night church, which none of the college kids did anyway. Totally. But uh, so right. that was the context, and it was the uh, it was the wardrobe malfunction halftime show. So oh man, it was like twenty five thirty college students, mostly from Wheaton, pretty conservative kids. When the nip slip happened, yeah. and uh, and it was like. It was it was as if we were it was as if we were in the twilight zone because everybody was like, we can't talk about this, but we can't not talk about this. We're not entirely sure this happened, but I'm pretty sure that was a boob. And like it was very mm. it was hilarious. And I <laughs> I just I don't want another wardrobe malfunction, but I do want you to enjoy the experience of navigating college students who are conservative through that because it would be it I would w- be delightful for me. Yeah. I will I will yeah. And and if that happens I'll I'll text it to you twice. Let's say, I'll I'll covenant to do that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So no, it'll it'll be wild, dude. And and like even just the sort of um, unwritten expectations of a moment like that, where like I don't know, as the adult in the room, do you have to make the perfunctory like, well, I this is a lot. Like, do you, do you have to make that comment? Do you have to like? Because I've been at I've been at Super Bowl parties with like. Uh, kind of uptight adults from my churches over the years. And there's always the dude that like when the slightly scandalous or lurid commercial comes on, has to make like, he makes theater out of turning his head away. You know what I mean? Like everybody look at me, not looking at this. It's, I, it's that think, kind of move. I think the, the correct way is to make the joke that acknowledges this just happened, that moves it into the realm of the absurd and just like kind of eases the tension yeah. So even something just like, well, that was fun or, or like, yeah. you know, if it, depending right. on you the gotta, sense of humor you have with somebody like turning to a fellow male leader and be like, why don't you ever do that? And those kinds of things <laughs> where you just, you, you just sort of, yeah. you break the room and people are like, okay, that was not good that it happened. Also, we're all laughing now. And then, and then, and then it's behind you. 
instead of sort of creating yeah. a, a moral burden for people. I like that. Uh, no, that's good. That's that's the only way to deal with it. Yeah. So you turn to like your associate pastor, and you're like, "Hey, are you going to have your sport coat fall off the next time you speak?" You know, <laughs> right. show like a little that. shoulder next time you preach, bud. Show, that's right. Show us that you know button down Oxford. Um, yeah. No, I love it. I'm going. I'm going shootout. I'm going thirty-eight, thirty-four. Uh, probably Philly. Um, Philly gets their victory lap. The analytics guys will be insufferable. 38-34 Philly. All right. Yeah, I I think it'll be I think it'll be close. I think I'm going to pick Philly uh because of health. I you know, I I think uh I think Mahomes is is a little bit hobbled. Obviously he's good, but I yeah. think I'm going to pick Philly and I I'm going to go uh let's see 28-24 Philly. There you go. Yeah, that's good. Dude, regarding Patrick Mahomes' health, this is again like I don't know proof number four thousand that I'm just too old. Like I'm watching him sort of have a Willis Reed moment yesterday on the screen where he's kind of hobbling around after throwing a pass, and I'm watching it and I'm going, I should feel something about this. You know what I mean? I should feel, I don't know, warm, respectful, like Willis Reed feelings about this, and it just did nothing for me. And like I like Patrick Mahomes, I have nothing against the guy, but. Maybe I've just seen too much sports. You know what I mean? Did 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 Mahomes hobbling around in a Willis Reed esque sort of way do anything for your heart yesterday? No, not even a bit. I uh, didn't. Yeah. I mean it. It was one of those like that's that's respectable, but like yeah, it yeah. It, it felt. Um, maybe it's because I'm reaching the age where I just hobble around all the time, so I just sort of am like, yeah, yeah that's that's how you yeah. navigate stuff. Um, yeah, but but I, yeah, I also think like. There's a big difference between theater happening and creating theater. And it feels mm-hmm. like in those moments, the the announcers are trying to create an Al Michaels moment or whatever. You know, do you believe yeah. in miracle? Like, and instead of just like letting letting the letting tension and the the courage or the 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 fortitude kind of stand on its own. Yeah. Dude, you're so right. And I think that's what was happening in my head as I was watching it. I was sort of trying to like think through, you know, how everybody was going to tweet about it or talk about it or try to make it their moment rather than just letting it happen. And I think that's everything wrong with today. But at any rate, Pipe, me and my house full of Amish kids are going to enjoy the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, I imagine we'll tape a, a Super Bowl postmortem slash. NBA thing slash talking about the draft thing sometime soon. This has been fun, sure. man. It Any, has been. Anything else you want to say before we adjourn? No, it's been fun, and I look forward. Well, I don't really look forward to the Super Bowl, but I kind of look forward to the Super Bowl. I look forward yeah. to hearing your experience watching it with Amish kids. <laughs> exactly. I'll I'll keep you posted. Pipe, we've done what we always do on this program, and that we've wandered to and fro throughout some player movement, some Christian McCaffrey. Um, it's been fun, man. I enjoy doing this. And until next time. Thank you for listening to the Happy Rant Sports Podcast. Be sure to visit thehappyrant.com to check out our merchandise, learn more about upcoming live events, 
and listen to past episodes. This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.